0: podcasting coast to coast sports talk the way it was meant to be this is faze's take now here's your host jake faze what's going on everybody welcome back to another episode of the faze's take podcast Today we got a great show for you. We're going to talk a little bit more about that MLB deal that we discussed last week. We're going to dive into the latest NASCAR iRace, the results and the future of it. We're going to talk a little bit about the NBA draft and the season continuation, when it happens, how it happens. And lastly, we're going to talk about NFL free agency per usual, but I'm also going to give a shortened mock draft just telling you where I think the greatest college athletes of this past season will end up next year listener shout out for this week goes to Elliot Johnson Elliot thanks so much for listening he sent me a picture of him listening to the show while he was working out so I'm glad I could fuel your workout this week and I hope you continue to listen now without further ado let's get right into the show MLB news coming at you last week, I said that I was going to get more information on this deal between the MLB and the MLBPA, and I did just that. So I'm going to lay down what it is and how it's going to affect baseball in the coming year. Now, one of the things that it established is when the 2020 season was going to start because there was a lot of confusion on that. Obviously, we don't know when this, uh, when the virus is going to be over, when things are going to clear up and we're going to be able to play sports again. Are we going to be able to play sports with fans or with no fans? So the MLB laid out three conditions. And once all three of these conditions are met, the season will begin. Condition number one is that there are no bans on mass gatherings that would limit the ability to play in front of fans. So that basically rules out the MLB playing with no fans like a lot of other sports are talking about. Condition number two, there are no travel restrictions throughout the United States and Canada. And number three, medical experts determine that there will be no health risks for players or staff or fans. So once all three of those conditions are met, we will begin play for the regular season. But like I said, until all three of those conditions are met, we will remain postponed. So hopefully those are met as soon as possible. Now, another thing that it it talked about was service time and until i looked into this i didn't know what service time meant i'm gonna to be totally honest with you i had absolutely no idea what service time meant so i did a little research and service time just means for every day a player is active on a 26 man roster they're given a day of service time once they reach 172 days of service time in a given year they're credited one year of service time now what this new Uh, deal established is that players who are active during the shortened season, however short the new 2020 season is, as long as they are active in that season, they will be given a full year of service time. Now, this is important because players with three to six years uh, of service time are eligible for salary arbitration, meaning that they can make more money. So this year, uh, knowing that no matter what, they're going to get their accredited year of service time is huge for the players. Now, this also means one of the biggest... Deals done in the MLB during the offseason could end up not paying off. Uh, The odds are very low, but uh, I'm talking about Mookie Betts here. Uh, If the season is canceled, which very unlikely of happening, but possible, if the season is canceled, players are still going to get that full year of service, meaning Mookie Betts could become a free agent without even playing a single game as a Dodger. That would be bad for L.A., But kind of nice for Red Sox fans. I think they would like to see that. Um, But like I said, all of this is up in the air until the virus is figured out. So we hope that that can get straightened out as soon as possible. But we know nothing as of right now. And it's only rising. It's supposed to peak in a few weeks. So until that happens, all of this is just laid out on the table prepared for the decline of the virus. But that's all we got for the MLB. In NASCAR news, we had our second iRace of the iRacing series, the O'Reilly Auto Parts 125, as it turned out to be, at Texas Motor Speedway. We came out top three were Timmy Hill in first, Ryan Priest in second, Garrett Smithley in third, and one of the greatest to ever drive, Dale Earnhardt Jr., finishing in sixth. Uh, Timmy Hill, big winner. He has had now 674 iRacing wins in his career. On 1,677 total races. Quick math tells me that is over 40% of races, I races that he has competed in, he has won. So this kid is dominant when it comes to iRacing. And my take on iRacing in general, I'm a huge fan. Okay, I think for three reasons. Number one, this gives retired racers a chance to compete. Dale Earnhardt Jr. competing in iRacing has made the fans ecstatic. Everyone is excited to see the GOAT back in action and a lot of other racers are going to get the chance to do that too jimmy johnson this is his last season he can get a chance to that to uh to race again next year if i-racing continues to be as popular as it is so i think this is great for the retired racers giving them a chance to compete again because being someone that i only played high school sports and going from playing high school sports to getting to college and not playing at all was difficult and i really do miss my sports so for them uh guys like Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Jimmy Johnson were racing as all they have known, leaving that's going to be tough. So iRacing is going to give them a chance to stay in the game. Now, also, one thing they talked about a lot in the race today is that it levels the playing field in terms of like tires and cars overall. Bigger budget racers have bigger budgets. It's simple as that. Guys like Timmy Hill... Uh, he has a pretty underfunded racing team. But when the field gets leveled, he's shown that he can race with the best of them. Okay, Like I said, 40% of the iRacing uh, races that he has competed in, he's won. So I like this because it levels the playing field. It gives everyone the same opportunity to to just race. Just get out there and race. Don't have to worry about how expensive of things that you can afford to put in your vehicle. Now, the last thing is that it takes a little bit of the danger out of the racing. Now, yes. I'm not a total killjoy. I understand that danger is, is a huge part of the sport. Okay, One of the big factors in why NASCAR drivers are so great is because they have the balls, they have the guts to get out there and race, even though they're putting their life on the line every Sunday. Now, with iRacing, it takes a little bit of that danger away. So not all season, Okay, we're still going to have our normal races, but for just a little break, we can get the danger factor out of there, and they can just get out there and relax and have fun and go race, and we don't have to worry about situations like Ryan Newman a couple weeks ago, who flipped his car multiple times on a horrible crash that ended the Daytona 500, ended up unconscious and in the hospital. We can avoid things like that for a break. I'm not saying that we should convert NASCAR to iRacing, okay? I'm not, not a a heretic, okay? I understand that we still want. Our normal NASCAR, but I like the iRacing, I like where it's going, and I hope that it keeps the traction that it has right now. In basketball news, the NBA draft is still scheduled for June 25th, although it's looking like it's not going to happen. My take on this, there's no way it can happen if play continues this season. If if we're going to restart the league, not restart, if we're going to continue playing this season, of basketball, there's no way that we can have a draft scheduled for normal time. For one most obvious reason, we don't know the order of the picks. How are you supposed to have a draft when you don't even know what teams finish where? There's always going to be surprises. There's always going to be worse teams that bump up, good teams that bump down. You don't know. So that's the first reason. Obviously, we don't know the order. Next, teams that are still playing are going to be at a severe disadvantage because they're trying to focus on winning playoff games and hopefully winning a championship at some point. And all these other teams are just focusing hundred percent on scouting and who to draft. So it's going to put teams that are still playing at a huge disadvantage. Although drafting in general this year is going to be tough. There's no tournament. So NBA scouts are not going to be able to see how these players are performing under pressure situations. There wasn't even conference tournaments. There was a couple conference tournaments like, I could probably count them on one hand. But coaches were not able to see the players this year and how they performed whenever the pressure was on, the stakes were high, they were on national TV, everyone was watching, they couldn't see that. So drafting overall is going to be tough. Guys like Kemba Walker from UConn with the step-back herd around the world. That was in the Big East tournament, so an example of how conference championships can affect that. And Steph Curry with Davidson taking a 10 seed all the way to the Elite Eight. Guys can show out in college and really grab the attention of NBA scouts, show out in in tournaments when it matters the most. And NBA scouts and coaches are not going to get that this year. So drafting overall is going to be tough. But as for when the draft is, I have no idea. I was listening to SportsCenter this morning, and I heard analysts saying that it could be as late as early fall, August, September range. So, who knows? But uh, I definitely do not think that the draft will be June 25th. In other news, the NBA is discussing clustering teams in a few cities and playing each other in round-robin format in empty arenas. Now, the NBA would be putting their teams in a bubble, essentially, and they would eat, sleep, train, and play all in that one bubble, preventing them from contact with the outside world players would have to leave their homes, leave their families for the remainder of the season, uh, which is a main reason why LeBron James shot this idea down. He said that he did not want to leave his family and his home for the rest of the season. That would be a long time. And LeBron has a lot of power in this league, so I do see his voice carrying a long way in this decision. But Adam Silver has a lot of things on his plate. We will see in the near future where he goes with all of that. That is it for the NBA. In NFL news, we have a couple moves in free agency to talk about here. First of all, cornerback Ronald Darby going to the Redskins in 2019. He only played 11 games, but he managed to rack up two interceptions and 11 pass breakups. Now, Ronald Darby has uh, historically been a corner that's not going to get you a lot of interceptions, but will consistently get a lot of pass breakups. So he's only been under uh, 10 pass breakups this season one time in his career, and he's never actually played all 16 games. So he's definitely going to get in there and disrupt passes. Now, the next move is Michael Brockers, who was set to go to Baltimore, is going to end up staying in L.A., even though he had previously agreed to terms with Baltimore, going to stay in L.A. and be a part of that dominant defensive line that includes Aaron Donald as well. Now, I am going to get in to my miniature mock draft. Now, this isn't really a mock draft because I'm not going to cover every single pick, but I am going to talk about some of the big names in the first round where I think they are going. Now, first off, with a first overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, whenever or however it will be made. The Cincinnati Bengals are going to pick up quarterback Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is the best in the game right now. There's no way you could pass up on him. Some people have been saying that they will possibly trade that pick to Miami for Miami to get Joe Burrow, but I do not see that happening. Joe Burrow from Ohio. I don't think it gets any better than that for the Bengals. Joe Burrow, definitely going number one to Cincinnati. Pick number two. This one has been debated, which is very surprising to me. But uh, I have defensive end Chase Young going here at pick number two to the Washington Redskins. Some people have been saying that the Washington Redskins are going to pick up Tua, and some other people have been saying that Miami is going to trade up with Washington to make sure they get Tua. But I really do not think that Washington is going to take I think they're going to stick with Chase Young, which is the expected pick. I think uh, Ron Rivera getting in there is going to try to work with Dwayne Haskins and see what he can work with. He's worked with athletic quarterbacks like him before. Cam Newton he worked with for a long time. So I think Ron Rivera is going to get in there and see what he can do with what he has, and they're going to pick up edge rusher Chase Young. Pick number three. The Detroit Lions are going to select defensive back Jeff Okuda from DBU, a.k.a. The Ohio State University. Jeff Okuda is a dominant corner, and he will join new addition Desmond Trufant in Detroit, Detroit secondary, and also adding linebacker Jamie Collins. So that Detroit defense is going to be looking nice next year if they do pick up Jeff Okuda at pick number three. Pick number five, we're skipping number four because the Giants are going to take some offensive linemen that I know absolutely nothing about. But pick number five I think will be the Miami Dolphins, despite people saying that they will trade it away. I do not think that they will. Pick number five, Miami Dolphins quarterback Tua Tagovailoa. Tua dominated before he got hurt. Although his injury did stray away some people, the doubters were saying that he wasn't going to have it the same. He was cleared by medical staff. He had a great report on his hip, and I think that the Dolphins will pick him up at pick number five. Next up, Los Angeles Chargers with pick number six, selecting quarterback Justin Herbert from Oregon, the Ducks. Justin Herbert dominant on and off the field. Kids smart as hell so i think they will take justin herbert at pick number six now we're going to skip a long way down the line to pick number 23 the new england patriots which pick number three new england patriots pick number 23 the new england patriots have not had a pick that early in a long time so it sounds really good to say that um But the New England Patriots should pick up quarterback Jordan Love from a Utah state. Now, Jordan Love has a lot of doubters, okay? He threw a lot of interceptions last year. Uh, Overall, a lot of people say he didn't play that good. But based on some things that I've heard from some sources that have been on uh, the Pat McAfee show and other sports talk shows, I think Jordan Love was uh, in a a pressure situation over there at Utah State, and he was in a position where he had to try to make plays on his own no matter what happened. Things broke down, and he had to try to get out of the pocket and get things going down. So he had to make a lot of interceptions because, well, he didn't really have too many options, okay? I think Jordan Love's going to be great in the NFL, and I think the New England Patriots should pick him up at 23 to try to mold him into a great quarterback. Those are my picks for where I believe the top talent will go. You think I'm wrong? Let me know on my social media. Tell me who you think is going where. Alrighty, guys, that's all I got for you guys today. I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, Let me know what you thought of the transitions between the topics. That was a new thing that I tried out this week. I thought it could be interesting from what I've heard so far in editing. I think it sounds pretty good, but let me know if you like the transition in between the topics or if you want to hear me do what I used to do, which is kind of just continue topic to topic without any breakups in between. So let me know what you think of that. Uh, Follow my social media pages uh, and message me for your chance to become a listener shout-out of the week. Uh, As I mentioned earlier in this quarantine, it's Tuesday and I'm uploading because, well, I'm bored and I need something to do. So expect an upload on the usual Friday coming up later this week. Uh, One thing I wanted to tell you guys about before this episode is over, uh, my listenership has dropped, which I definitely expected. Okay, the first two episodes... We're getting a lot of listens, and I think it's just because people were kind of just seeing what was going on, seeing, yo, Jake's making a podcast, what the heck? So they went and gave it a listen, Uh, but recently, we've definitely dropped a lot. That is not going to deter me. I am happy to produce for the guys uh, and gals out there that are still listening uh, every week consistently. Uh, I thank you guys so much for staying in tune with the show, and I really do appreciate you guys listening to me. Come back again on Friday where I will talk about the latest and greatest in sports news. This has been the Faces Take Podcast.